Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Man, it is so nice to be back recording an episode here. Obviously, I took a little bit of a hiatus with the NBA season being suspended. You know, there were so many things just kind of up in the air that it was hard to really sit down and talk once a week. Um, a lot of things were just speculation. Uh, we weren't really sure what was going on, but the NBA has announced that there's going to be the season is going to be coming back starting at the end of July. So I figured it could be a great time to get back on. We're about a month away. Uh, teams are fi- uh, finalizing their rosters pretty soon, um, so we should have a better, pretty good idea as to what the NBA season, the rest of the NBA season, and playoffs are going to be looking like. Um, so let's get into it. So the NBA just announced that they're going to have 22 teams um, invited in Orlando. They're going to be playing in a quote-unquote bubble at Disney World. Um, they are keeping it pretty tight. They're, the players, from what, I, from what I understand, are going to be allowing, um, or the NBA is going to be allowing players to have some of their family members with them. Um, they're going to be monitoring who goes in who goes out they're going to be doing regular testing um so it's definitely going to be they're they're really making sure that um they have all the bases covered in starting the nba season um so they're going to play i think every each team is going to be playing eight regular season games um before the playoffs start this is this will help teams that are just outside of the eighth seed um, get a chance to potentially get into the playoffs. So and then there's going to be there's the potential for a few uh, play-in games to get into the playoffs. So I think the NBA really wants to try and get uh, guys like Zion into the into the playoffs because you know it might be a tough might be a tough from a rating standpoint. Um, just because you know we things change so quickly with COVID and with everything that's going on that. It's hard to really know what things are going to be like even in a month. So we have we've had um, NASCARs coming back, and they're having fans in in uh, in the in the stands. Uh, I think I heard that NASCAR it's going to have like thirty thousand fans, which is a fraction of the usual one hundred fifty thousand. But you know, it's still something. Um, so it's seen, and then you, and then we're going to be having. Um, college football and the NFL back, and I think they're still trying to have fans. So we have the NBA, who's going to be in lockdown. They're going to be kind of – it'll probably look somewhat similar to to, uh, some of the summer league games where they played at, like, practice facilities. Um, So, like, not bad, but, like, they're going to be competing with other sports that may have fans there, you know. So it's really going to – it'll be interesting to see what what it ends up looking like. All that being said, I am stoked for having basketball back. Um, I was telling my wife that I would be down to watch basketball with no fans for the rest of my life if it meant that we could finish off this NBA season um, with the Lakers being favorites or being um, in the running for potentially being the champions and everything. I definitely didn't want to lose out in this season, so I'm, I'm so excited to have it back. So... In terms of like what things are going to look like with when the Lakers with the Lakers specifically, I you know I have 
I have a hard time thinking that they're not they're really not the favorites. Um, obviously, we have the Clippers and the Bucks also in the running. They're teams that'll be tough to beat. But the Lakers, you know, you give guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis three months, four months rest, eight games to basically, you know, warm up heading into the playoffs. I really have a hard time not liking their chances. Obviously, you could say the same for the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George or the Bucks with Giannis. Um, so, you know, everyone's getting the same amount of break, the same amount of rest. But LeBron and AD with how dominant they can be. Um, and AD is, you know, with AD, it's like a lot of people were worried about him getting roughed up and banged up in the regular season and how he was going to look in the playoffs. But, like, now that's not a worry. Um so I really, really, really like the Lakers' chances just from a rest standpoint. Um, there was news that came out recently that uh, Avery Bradley is deciding, has decided that he does not want to um, or that he's not going to join the team for the rest of the season. Um, this is because his son has respiratory problems, I believe, and so he just doesn't want to take the risk for the family, which I totally understand that. Um, so the... So the NBA teams have until July 1st to finalize, finalize their roster. So I've heard, I think a lot of people are saying that J.R. Smith is in the running um, to kind of take that spot. I've also heard a little bit of talk about Nick Young. Um, so definitely very excited to see who, what the Lakers finalized roster um, ends up being heading into Orlando. I will say, obviously, I'm not stoked for either uh, J.R. Smith or Nick Young, but I think there's also positives. You can you know you can always find positives for each. So, you know, with J.R. Smith, he has he's obviously played with LeBron before. Um, he, in the past, has been a, a three and D kind of guy, kind of role player, which is what the Lakers need. Um, but he also hasn't played in an NBA game since 2018. So who knows what we'd be getting, you know, would we, would we be getting the best J.R. Smith? Probably not, or at least we can't just assume that, but also like just with the formatting and everything being so weird and like so new, that could also give J.R. Smith an advantage. Um, Nick Young, I see less positives than J.R. Smith. Nick Young obviously played for the Lakers for some time. I never really loved when Nick Young was on the Lakers. I've never really loved Nick Young's game in general. I mean, if he can hit threes and just be a spot-up shooter for LeBron to kick to or for AD to kick to, then, I mean, that'd be great, I guess. I'm not sure what his defense looks like. I don't really remember it ever being anything to uh, – too exciting so I think between the two I like J.R. Smith better than Nick Young obviously neither are super exciting but I think that they can bring something positive um and then something that people you know I definitely keep forgetting about is Dion Waiters you know the Lakers had signed or picked up Dion Waiters um not too long before the season got suspended um so I think that he can provide Dion Waiters will be and he's another guy that you know, we don't really know what we're going to be getting. If we get the best Dion Waiters, then, then 
that would be amazing, obviously, but, you know, we don't know what if he's going to be in game shape. Will he be able to be in game shape leading up to those eight games? And will he be able to get into playoff shape and be ready for playoffs within those eight games? Um, I'm kind of at this point viewing it as their presence is better than nothing. You know, so if we're losing Avery Bradley, then at least we can supplement with J.R. Smith um, and Deion Waiters. But not it's not, you know, Avery Bradley had a huge game against the Clippers. Um, he was a huge reason as to why the Lakers beat the Clippers um, in their last uh, contest right before the season got suspended. So it's definitely going to be a tough loss to the team, but hope, hopefully bringing in a guy like J.R. Smith and, and uh, having Deion Waiters on the team can can fill that void. You know, another thing, too, also with Avery Bradley not joining the team is we're hoping that that means that uh, we get some more Alex Caruso in the lineup. Um, Alex Caruso has, you know, he plays the best with LeBron of anyone else on the team. Um, he's a great defender. He's a great uh, spark plug kind of for the team. You know, he makes big plays, gets defensive stops. He's just like a hustle player. I remember when uh, the Lakers played the Bucks and back early in March um, when the Lakers won in Staples Center. Uh, there's videos of Alex Caruso boxing out Giannis late in the game to get a rebound or to help the team get a rebound. You know, it's those kinds of plays that those hustle plays that'll really help in the playoffs. So I think getting, even though we're losing Avery Bradley, if we can possibly uh, fill Alex Caruso a little more into that role, then I think that could really help a lot. Um, and then maybe a, a, a playoff Rondo showing might be, we might find, might, might get some uh, playoff Rondo, which could be cool. Um, but Rondo, you know, he's had been kind of struggling during the season, so who knows? But again, like you, we look back at the season to kind of compare what's going to happen with the rest of the season. But things have changed so much. Players have gotten so much rest. Just being in the environment of the Disney World bubble is going to be so different and new that that maybe some players are going to come, you know, who knows, like maybe Marquise Morris is going to like thrive in this setting and he's going to come out and shoot 42% from behind the, th behind the three, you know, who know, like, will that happen? It's doubtful or, you know, who knows, who knows? Like, so I think that at the very least, we know that LeBron and AD are getting rest, much needed rest. You know, LeBron before the break was beating up on the two best teams in the league or the two other best teams in the league. Um, and so we give him the rest and head into eight games in the playoffs. I really, really have a hard time not liking the Lakers chances. So let's talk a little bit more about what the rest of the NBA season, um, is going to look like and the playoffs are going to look like in the midst of what we're in with, uh, COVID-19. Um, you know, so the NBA has a lot of protocols that are, they're going to be putting in place. Um, I've heard that they're going to have these special rings that the players are going to have to wear to help monitor, I think, where they are. Um, and then they're going to have 
systems where people can like report um, if the players are doing something wrong, if they see someone else doing something wrong, kind of like a anonymous tip line. Um, they're really, really taking things seriously. They don't want any outbreaks to happen, obviously. Um, but it's really, you know, it's really, like I mentioned before, it's, it's going to be tough because, you know, you have different organization or different uh, sports organizations doing things differently, you know, so you have the MLB where they're going to be, I think they're, they're planning, you know, they're planning to come back and play 60 games and play with no fans, but in the regular stadiums, they're not doing like the bubble format that the, that the NBA is doing. Um, you know, it's still to be seen what the NF, what the NFL and what uh, college football does, if they're going to, going to have fans at the stadiums and just like social distance, um, or if they'll come back and have no, kind of do something what like the MLB is doing and have fans or not have fans, but play in their own stadiums. Um, you know, and then you have like NASCAR who's back now and they're, they're having fans allowed and just social distancing. Um, you know, I heard, I heard people kind of saying that the NBA, you know, I've heard two sides of things where it's like where um, people are saying that the NBA should be like the gold standard for how we should be treating COVID. And then I've heard people saying that, um, you know, the NBA plan is great if we were still in, in April, you know, as things are kind of starting to open up and people are starting to do things as normal, you know, we're going to have the NBA where they're stuck in a bubble, um, not able to leave, but they're with people you know that work at disney world that obviously disney world can't keep them there like they're able to go back home and stuff um so it'll be interesting to see how the players actually um react or respond once they're in the bubble and then you know when it comes to like playing so the nba is planning you know if someone they're planning on um regularly testing the players and and whatnot and what happens if a player tests positive? So I think what they're going to do is if a player tests positive, then they just quarantine that player for, uh, I think, 10 or 14 days um, before they can rejoin the team. But, you know, I know, like, in my in my work, if someone tests positive for COVID, then they have to figure out who they've been around and if they've been around any of those people in the time where they thought that they were sick or when they before they tested positive, then those people also have to quarantine. Um, so how does that work with like the NBA with these teams that are like, they're obviously playing together, practicing together in locker rooms together. Um, but they don't have to quarantine even though they've been around that person. So it'll be interesting to see how the, they keep this from spreading. And obviously I trust that the NBA is working with good, you know, health experts and they're not doing anything that would be endangering anybody. Um, but it'll just be interesting. And then, obviously, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, what happens when we get into playoffs? What happens when, you know, we're in a seven-game series? You know, say the Lakers are in a seven-game series. Um, we're in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. And it's, a, you know, a, game, a series-deciding game, a game seven, a game six, a game five. Um, and leading up to that, the... Uh, LeBron or Anthony Davis or anyone for that matter um, test positive you know they're automatically out no questions asked like this isn't you're not going to have a, a Jordan flu game situation where they can just play through the sickness 
even you know um it's even if they're asymptomatic like they test positive they're done for two weeks and that could really change things um it's not and obviously you know you could say like anyone could just get hurt anyone could sprain an ankle break an ankle tear an acl and they're done and like things could change in a moment for any team you know look at the the warriors last year with uh kevin durant um and it can change a whole series it can change the whole outcome of the the entire season um in terms of who wins the championship but you know with covid it's it's just it's so easy to catch and it's so hard to to not even know that you have it that um it'll just be a bummer if for any team if a star player or if a even a or even a role player uh, catches it and has to has to be quarantined so it'll you know it is what it is we're, we're we're dealing with it obviously like safety is more important than than playing a game um so don't get me wrong i'm not saying that uh players should be allowed to play through being sick or whatever but um it would just obviously i mean it would still be a bummer for if your favorite team lost a player because of covid and had to just sit out um but i would much rather be able to play or be able to watch be able to watch and have my team play than no you know than the whole season being canceled so i'll as a as a fan i'll say i'll take that risk but obviously that that's not my risk to take but um so it'll, it'll it's there's just so many things even though we have more insight as to what the season's going to look like we don't you know still have no idea in, until it happens so um you know, even from like watching the games, I, you know, I mentioned, I think it'll look kind of similar to how some of the, the, uh, summer league games looked when they play in practice facilities where I think, you know, I think there'll be some fans in those, but like for the most part, it's a small facility. There's not a ton of people there. So because each team will have their personnel. Um, and then there's going to be some media people allowed, so like there'll be it's not like we're gonna be watching a totally empty empty game, but obviously not having fans is a will definitely change the watching experience. Um, and for a team like the Lakers, where their home court advantage because of their fans is so strong, it could potentially hurt the Lakers. Um, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers were the favorites to go up against each other in the Western Conference Finals, and and not playing that in stable center is a it really really sucks especially for the lakers because the fans really take over those games um in the last game that the lakers and clippers played each other it was a home game for the clippers technically but obviously because it's still in la it was you know i wasn't there but i heard it was you know 60 40 70 30 lakers fans to clippers fans and it has a huge when you have the fans behind you I th- you know, and you're able to gain momentum, especially where basketball, like it's just a game of runs. And so if you can capture momentum at a key point in the game and have the fans behind you to like help push that momentum, it can really, really make a difference. Um, and so, I mean, obviously we're at a level playing field where like there's no, there is no home court advantage for any team. Um, but the looking at what it could have been or what it would have been for the Lakers, um, you know, that could potentially hurt them in the long run. But I think when you have guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, where like they're they're smart, they know what to you know how to how to win. Though I'm sure they'll be preparing for 
what the game situation will be like um, and helping the team prepare for that. So I think that it'll they'll be able to overcome it. I don't think it's going to necessarily hinder them too much. But um, so, you know, obviously it's good that it's a level playing field and, and you know, you make jokes that, like, the Clippers are actually going to be at, at, it, at an advantage because they don't have any fans or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's just funny. So I think, like, it'll be it'll just be fun to i'm just stoked to see even what it's like and like watch games again so um definitely looking forward to that all right so for my last segment i just want to look at the teams that will be uh in orlando playing um so with the 22 teams that were uh, selected to go they chose 22 because those were the teams that had a within eight games could possibly uh, make the playoffs so looking at the western conference um, uh, so the lakers are in the first seed with a five and a half game advantage against the clippers who are the two seed um, the three seed we have denver uh, the four seed was utah the fifth seed oklahoma city Sixth seed is Houston, seventh seed is Dallas, eighth seed is Memphis. Um, so that's the current standings in the Western Conference. And then uh, the ninth seed was Portland, tenth seed New Orleans, eleventh seed Sacramento, twelfth uh, seed San Antonio. So the currently, if the if the playoffs were to like if the NBA would have had had just jumped straight into the playoffs, the Lakers would be playing Memphis in the first round. Um, the uh you know obviously the nba if they're able to meddle at all without meddling obviously but if they were able to meddle at all they would want new orleans in that eighth seed so that uh we would get the lebron zion matchup in the first round um even just having zion on the playoffs at all uh great for ratings um and money and whatnot and good for the you know the fans would would love it I've said before in one of my episodes that if I were to choose of the teams between Memphis, Portland, uh, New Orleans, I would probably, I mean, I would want the Lakers to play Memphis of those three teams in the first round. Just because of those three teams, I think Memphis is probably the weaker team. Even though the Lakers lost to Memphis earlier in the season, um, I think that it's the it would be the easiest game to get through or the easiest series to get through for them with the least amount of uh just causing the least amount of trouble how wouldn't they wouldn't have to expend quite as much energy to beat memphis so to speak whereas like portland um even though so trevor ariza with portland was one of the players that decided to opt out of um joining joining the blazers in in uh, orlando um, because he's in a kind of in a custody battle with his son um, and wanted to spend the month uh, with his son, which is definitely commendable. Um, so, like, they're without Ariza, who obviously is old, but is a solid role player for the Blazers. Um, they're a little weaker, but um, still a team that I just wouldn't want, I just don't want to mess with in the first round. Um, New Orleans is kind of the same way, where they've given the Lakers trouble. Um, I think. I don't think the Lakers would lose to them in a, in a seven-game series, 
but it's just why mess with it if you don't have to. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of hoping that Memphis stays in that eighth seed. Um, so the Lakers play them first um, in the first round. Um, you know, so let, let's, let's just imagine that the standings stay the same as of right now. Um, you know, as the Lakers play Memphis, I think the Lakers win. Um, the Clippers would be playing Dallas. I think the Clippers win. Um, Denver would be playing Houston. So that would be a fun matchup. Houston obviously um, has been playing a lot of small ball. Uh, Westbrook and Harden have kind of were playing uh, pretty well. Um, so that'd be a fun, fun series. And then uh, the fourth and fifth seed, Utah and Oklahoma City, would play each other. Um, so I think that it would be, I think the yeah the Western Conference playoffs definitely will be fun to watch. Um, I think ultimately it will end up with the Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, and then at that point, who knows? Honestly, I could see it going to Game Seven. Um, so that that, that would, which obviously would would be uh stressful but fun um and then on the eastern conference um the standings the teams outside of the eighth seed i think there's only one one or i think there's only one team maybe two teams that could uh could possibly make uh overcome that eighth seed with the remaining with the remaining eight games um right now it's orlando in that eighth seed um but I think that ultimately, you know, Toronto might be able to give Milwaukee some trouble or Boston. I think, you know, between, you know, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, it's pretty competitive. Uh, Miami is kind of a dark horse, but don't know if this is their year. Um, you know, so I think, uh, you know, I could see a, a, a Bucks uh, raptors Eastern Conference Finals or or a Bucks uh, Celtics Eastern Conference Finals, um, so it'll definitely be interesting. I just saw that the NBA is planning to announce the official schedule for those remaining eight games, and which of those games will be nationally televised later today. So actually, I'm recording this at around two o'clock on Friday. Um, they're going to announce it at uh, four o'clock. Uh, west coast time so um i will definitely check out my twitter uh or instagram for those results to see what the Lakers schedule is um anyways i uh, thank you for listening uh it's been been tough you know i've been itching to record a new episode but uh just didn't really have much content to discuss so i'm happy to be back happy to be talking lakers basketball uh, my next episode, I will digest the Lakers' upcoming schedule, uh, those eight games, and the 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 games for the other teams that will be uh, vying for that eighth seed uh, to try and see what we think the uh, Lakers, who the Lakers will be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please go check it out on Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Leave me some feedback, and go Lakers!